from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB with WIA and the National News Service and an Aussie ham to make an impact on Mars. This is our lead story for today, November 27, 2016. On a salt lake in central Australia early next year, a radio amateur will conduct a series of tests of a wide area radio network destined for the planet Mars. Robert Brand, Victor Kilo 2 Uniform Romeo Bravo of Thunderstruck Aerospace, reports it is an essential part of a project to develop the Mars nanolander and methane detection system called Median, set to land in 2025. The project calls for 10 separate penetrators to be ejected at about 6 kilometres from the surface of Mars. They are to spear into the surface of Mars, form a ring about 8 kilometres wide. The radio systems will begin measuring distance between the other landers and map the network. Robert VK2URB says they will then switch to a random packet mode and begin sending messages to an orbiting craft. Even the orientation of each probe covering an area around the size of a small city will be detected and used to calculate the direction that wind and hopefully any methane on the thin Martian atmosphere may show. Robert is the design architect of the landing system, the mapping, orientation, communications, data relay and the ongoing non-methane science package. He says that never before has a network of probes been landed anywhere outside the Earth. It's expected the tests in Central Australia will demonstrate the essential role that radio will play in mapping, locating, orientating the network and then relaying data around the network. The tests will involve dropping a simulated heat shield from 3 km altitude and having the impactors fire at 2.5 km to simulate the impact that each would have on the planet Mars. Ham radio will be providing essential communications for these tests and the event. It's hoped a special event around the testing will attract the interests of ham operators worldwide and focus attention on the role that Australia is playing in space missions. A TU trial of phone jamming equipment at Goulburn Jail in New South Wales will thwart inmates using them. The ACMA approved the trial of the jammers that otherwise are illegal to use or even possess. The Goulburn trial follows the successful use of the technology at the Lithgow Jail, also in VK2. There are dozens of antennas around the jail that emit a very low-power signal to block mobile phones, but the signal is not strong enough to affect any other externally-based phone services. A 19-year-old man from Rockbank, northwest of Melbourne, faces offences related to the alleged unlawful interference with air traffic control and endangering the safety of aircraft. He's alleged to have made 16 separate unauthorised radio transmissions at Melbourne Airport and Avalon Airport between September and November this year. The Australian Federal Police laid four counts of endangering the safety of aircraft contrary to crimes, the Aviation Act, whilst the Australian Communications and Media Authority had a count of interference likely to endanger safety or cause loss of damage contrary to the Radio Communications Act. Briefly, in the Melbourne Magistrates Court, November 22, the defence lawyer told the court Paul Sant had been diagnosed with autism and depression, he was remanded in custody to reappear Monday, and then is expected to apply for bail. Outside the court, the AFP's head of crime operations said if the offences are proven, they could have a maximum penalty of up to 20 years imprisonment.
From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA Director Andrew, VK6 Alpha Sierra, with some news on my recent visits to a number of not-so-local, to my QTH, amateur radio clubs in VK3, with attendees also from VK2. I'm back from my trip around VK3. I travelled in excess of 7,500 kilometres, while my colleague and also WIA Director Paul Simmons, VK5 PAS, clocked up around 2,500 kilometres, all at no cost to the WIA. During our travels, we delivered four presentations in VK3. The clubs we were invited to and attended ranged from inner suburban to outer rural. The clubs have been in existence for many years, one beginning in June 1948, another in 1966, and a third in 1975. The fact they are still going strong and growing is a tribute to the service they provide to their communities, especially in regard to encouraging and training the next wave of amateur radio operators. There are some interesting common threads we found in our meetings, these being concern but continuing support of the proud Wireless Institute of Australia, the warmth and genuine camaraderie displayed by all present, the excitement of having two directors visiting their club and displaying an interest in and seeking feedback on how the WIA can best serve the needs of the members. Thank you to everyone who attended. On behalf of the WIA, I congratulated the attendees at these meetings for their continuing interest in the future of our shared hobby. The people providing sustenance at all venues did their respective organisations proud. I look forward to further invitations to meet and share with more of our members. Videos of the presentations are available on the internet. Why don't you check them out? It was a tiring exercise, but very invigorating. This has been WIA Director Andrew Smith for VK1WIA News. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee, with further details concerning proposed new amateur bands included in the WIA submission to the ACMA's update on the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan. This week I'd like to expand on the WIA's application for an allocation at 70 MHz. Back in July 2014, the WIA had signified interest in a 70 MHz amateur allocation in a submission invited by the ACMA, which flagged the amateur radio community's interest. Historically, in Australia, the 70.0 to 87.5 MHz band has been used by commercial, community, government and defence communications services. There is also a low interference potential LIPD band at 70 to 70.24375 MHz with a maximum permitted power of 100 milliwatts. The WIA has been aware for some time that interest in and use of 70 to 70.5 megs has declined across Australia. The WIA is pitching for use of an amateur allocation between 70 and 70.5 megahertz that aligns with amateur allocations across Region 1, which covers Europe, Russia, the Mediterranean, Middle East and Africa. These Region 1 allocations are widely known as the 4 metre band. Let me digress for a moment. Spectrum was divided into convenient bands back when technical nomenclature for the new technology was still being worked out. The bands were based on wavelength. So wavelengths of 100 metres to 10 metres, that is 3 megahertz to 30 megahertz, was nominated as the high frequency band. 10 metres to 1 metre, 30 megahertz to 300 megahertz, 
was the very high frequency band, 1 meter to 10 centimeters was the ultra high frequency band, and so on. There was, and is, no other particular technical reason based on characteristic properties of radio waves for the band divisions. They are just a convenient reference, an arbitrary name. So, back to the WA's efforts to obtain a 4 meter allocation. The band 69.9 MHz to 70.5 MHz is listed in the European Table of Frequency Allocations and Applications as a secondary amateur allocation. Around 30 countries across Region 1 have granted an amateur allocation between 69.9 and 70.5 MHz. The International Amateur Radio Union, the IARU, the WIA is a member, notes that, and I quote, Nowadays, with the widespread closure of broadcasting below 87.5 megs, the advent of cost-effective globally available public mobile telecommunications networks and dedicated networks for emergency services operating above 400 megahertz, the relatively large antennas required on handheld devices, impulsive noise susceptibility and interference arising from sporadic E events in the summer months, the use of spectrum below 100 MHz has become increasingly unattractive for private, professional or business mobile communications. End quote. 70 MHz is subject to over-the-horizon propagation, a fact known since the early days of radio communications and television broadcasting. Ionospheric sporadic E will carry 70 MHz signals by single-hop propagation up to 2,000 kilometres or so and up to 5,000 kilometres, or a bit more, by multi-hop, as experience from radio amateur contacts in Region 1 has shown. 70 MHz signals can propagate between the hemispheres via trans-equatorial propagation too. Experience in Region 1 with amateur contacts over distances greater than 7,500 kilometres between stations in Africa and the Mediterranean have demonstrated this. Not so well known, perhaps, is the propagation research carried out by Australian defence scientists back in the late 1960s, with a 72 MHz beacon located near Darwin being recorded in southern Japan. Similarly, in that era, point-to-point -point links on 70 MHz and above in South Korea were recorded by university researchers in Queensland. So, an amateur allocation at 70 MHz in Australia offered some pretty exciting possibilities for propagation and intercommunication, locally and over the horizon. The band would seem to share some propagation characteristics similar to 6 metres on one hand and 2 metres on the other hand, but not really the same as either. There's one good way to find out, and that's to have an amateur allocation that enables and encourages experiment and experience, which is subsequently reported in the literature. It increasingly these days means online as much as in print. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Continuing board talk and increase in the noise floor. I think everybody's experienced the rise in the noise floor levels on the HF and VHF bands. The noise floor has been measured in rural, urban and city environments 24 hours a day and in the four seasons of the year. The Radio Society of Great Britain is the latest to express concerns about it. 
A recent RSGB report was that there was an initial threat to HF from broadband over power line or BPL technology, but this has been superseded by noisy electronic switch mode power supplies and broadband internet delivery systems, such as VDSL2. A further potential threat from wireless power transfer systems is being closely monitored at the ITU. Earlier this year, the UK regulator, Ofcom, revised the noise floor criteria by 12 dB for its business radio users of the VHF bands. The new Ofcom noise floor level means 150 watts is needed to achieve the coverage once obtained with a 10-watt transmitter. Your WIA has included the rising noise floor argument as part of the request for higher transmit power when the licence condition determinations are reviewed next year. More popular than Santa at the preschool Christmas breakup. Have you had an influx of exotically named girls emailing you? Have you had an email from WIA News suggesting you're in line for a free Kenwood? How about a free diabetes checkup? Now, how that works online, one only wonders. Well, with our interweb now in its 20th year, plus or minus a few, it should come as no surprise you've got a dose of spam. It's a fine line, our WIA email system ISP treads. Do I stop lots of email and run the risk of somebody saying WIA news is censored because it didn't arrive, or having every Tamilia, Becky and Harriet send out emails with malware or worse? As with all email appearing in your inbox, don't open suspicious or unsolicited mail. As our meerkat friends would say, easies. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Shortwave signals on SDR Spectrum Grabber. A wideband software-defined radio may be the answer to capture large swabs of spectrum for later retrieval from a secure digital memory card. Hacker Magazine reports that the London Shortwave Listening Group has such a device with an HF-up converter, a Windows tablet, a dipole antenna and a few bits and bobs. The briefcase-sized SDR Spectrum Grabber can be set up in the low-noise environment of a local park. On a waterfall display has been stations in New Zealand, the Philippines and Brazil. WIA's Jim Linton VK3 Papa Charlie tells us that the whole lot was designed and built by a 16-year-old. Idea to broadband blanket the Earth's surface. The SpaceX program wants to have a satellite-based internet service from the next decade. The market is long-distance traffic now carried by underseas cables and a share of local and consumer business traffic. SpaceX has asked the US Federal Communication Commission for an initial 800 satellites. Yes, 800. Kilo Mike 4 India Papa Foxtrot makes a big announcement. Ten-year-old Hope, Kilo Mike 4 India Papa Fox, has announced that she will be operating a special event amateur radio station from the set of the USA's ABC TV show, Last Man Standing. Hope earned her amateur licence at the age of eight, and her first contact was via the amateur radio satellite Fox Oscar 29. She achieved her extra-class licence in June 2016, aged nine. The Last Man Standing show stars Tim Allen, who plays radio amateur Mike Baxter, Kilo Alpha Zero X-Ray Tango Tango. First aired in 2011, the sixth series is currently being broadcast in the USA. Indian medium shortwave broadcasts must be scrapped. DNA India, 
laying out an action plan for air, an IIT Bombay report says shortwave and medium-wave services have few takers and must be scrapped. On the Indian Daily News and analysis site Amrika Nayakduta writes, Digital Radio Mondial DRM receivers pegged by air as a technology replacement for Soviet-era worn-out short and medium-wave transmitters are just too expensive, the report says. So out with the RF receivers and in with the cell phone PC. Read the full story at the link in the text edition of this week's WIA National News. Weird and wonderful, radiation fear reaches the Reg Grundies. No scientific proof links the use of mobile phones and Wi-Fi to health issues, but that hasn't stopped marketers from producing underpants that block radiation. On sale in New York, the pair of boxes has an electromagnetic shield made possible by a high-tech fabric. They are claimed to stop over 99% of the radiation. However, these underpants aren't a safeguard against any confirmed threats. But they do give sceptic consumers a comfortable option. For WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. I'm Felix VK for a few Q and today we remind all rebroadcasters to check the Where Do You Hear Us page on WIA.org.au. This is the official list of stations sending us weekly callback numbers each week and is the primary source where our WIA callbook will be getting the yearly list of stations broadcasting the news. Who and where are our broadcast stations? HTTP colon forward slash forward slash triple w dot wia dot org dot au forward slash members forward slash broadcast forward slash where forward slash Operational News twenty sixteen and on air this weekend November twenty six twenty seven is our WIA VHF UHF Spring Field Day. This weekend is also the CQ CW contest. Then to next year twenty seventeen. January it's the WIA's Ross Hall Memorial VHF UHF Contest. January 1M said at CW Activity Day, 24 hours, all forms of CW are welcome. Hammer ready on the City Ferries, 12th of March. WIA's John Moore Memorial Field Day, 18th and 19th of March 2017. WIA's Harry Angel Memorial 80 Minute Sprint, Saturday, May the 6th, 10 hours to 11.46 UTC. May 13 to 15, Mills on the Air. VK Shires, June 10 and 11. Trans-Tasman Low Band Contest, 160, 80, 40, Saturday 9th, July 15, and start time is 0800 hours UTC, and finish time is 1400 hours UTC. 1010 International Summer Contest, August 5 and 6. WIA's Flagship Contest, the Remembrance Day Contest, 12th and 13th of August. August 1920, IWLW, the third full weekend in August since 1998. October CQWWDX SSB Contest, always October's last full weekend. Running all year till December 31, Victorian Local Government Award 2017 Challenge. DX News from the North Pole. A busy Santa will be active from Santa Claus land in the Arctic Circle again this year, bringing the magic of Christmas. Santa's own amateur radio station, OH9SCL, will be activated in December. And also there will be at least one call sign with the suffix XMAS coming out of Holland. Adopt a mill campaign across Australia. Following Anderson's Mill and Smeaton in Victoria joining the Mills on the Air event in May 2017 as the first Australian registration, comes a second interest from South Australia. 
UK Demidale Club has only had European mills registered so far in the annual event, but one Australian's to join and so already is Anderson's Mill, with the Goldfields Amateur Radio Club, VK3BI. Now the Lower Murray Amateur Radio Club, VK5ALM, has chosen Dunn's Mill, a former steam flour mill and the oldest building in Mount Barker. Both mills have their history posted on the website, adoptamillacrossaustralia.com.au. More inquiries are welcome from Australian flour, wool, sugar or timber mills. Although six months away, the prospect of adopting a mill and putting it on the air May 13-15 to 15, may be ideal for a number of clubs and individual radio amateurs. Russian intruder leaves 20 metres. The International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 monitoring system reports that the Russian military apparently positively responded to a complaint from German telecommunications authorities to eliminate an intruding signal on 20 metres. The Russian Navy RDL signal from Crimea had been transmitting on 14.180 MHz using F1B modulation 50 board and 200 Hz shift for several days. IAURMS said the transmissions were heard for the last time on the 31st of October. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ in From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. The WIA amateur radio magazine contents. The December edition has on its cover a shelter trailer and tower set up for the recent jamboree of the air and an insert image of Diane Wilson from Ellensbrook Guides. Inside, the editor, Peter Freeman, VK3PF, notes that the new WIA publication, Wireless Men and Women at War, is on pre-order from the WIA bookshop. It has many articles on radio communications development and makes an excellent gift. The editor also refers to the rumour mill about the WIA. But personally, he will wait until the newly appointed treasurer and assistant treasurer report their findings. The WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD, in an end-of-year message, thanks all who has supported the WIA over the past year. He has more to say about the new Treasurer and Assistant Treasurer and echoes that both are very capable people looking after the WIA's financial systems. Although there's some obviously some serious issues to work through, real progress is being made. Remember, the National WIA is only 13 years old and it's time to review operations and how best to meet members' diverse needs. The WIA represents all radio amateurs, whether a member or not, and there are external forces that do not see the value of ham radio to society. The WIA Publications Committee and contributors have plenty for the reader this month. An interesting analysis on amateur radio and social network comes from Liz Bailey, VK2XSE. Tune for maximum brightness with an LED antenna current indicator, perhaps a modern-day version of the old soup loop found in shacks, is an article by Peter Parker, VK3YE. Part 1 of How to Use the Arduino Slow Scan TV Generator comes from Dale Hughes, VK1DSH. The IARU liaison report talks about the televised meeting of the IARU President Rinaldo, YV5AM, explanation to the Chile Senate 
of the amateur radio's role during natural disasters. The December edition also has a formal notice about the elections of directors and a call for nominations from the returning officer. There's also a number of other fine articles and an informative regular columns too. Posted to WIA members this week, it's also available by request to those only wanting it an online digital format. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3, Papa Victor, and you're listening to VK1 WIA. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group, and starting with Alara, the Alara Meet 2017 will be in Cairns September 8th through 10th, with optional activities planned for Monday the 11th. Wales can now register their interest in attending the meet online at alara.org.au and doing that enables them to provide numbers to the venue and the preferred accommodation. Accommodation discounts are being negotiated dependent on the numbers and will be available in the new year as will be the program. Don't book directly with the venue. Once you've registered, you'll be added to an Alara Meet mailing list and will be advised of discounts and proposed activities as they are finalised. The meet is aimed at all levels of licence and all ages. Don't forget, there's also the Alara Meet Facebook page. It's called Alara Meet 2017. If you need any information, please email publicity at alara.org.au. Now moving on to ARDF, World Radio Sport Team Championship, the official rules for the World Radio Sport Team Championship 2018 to be held in Germany are now available. Noteworthy among the WRTC 2018 rules is permitting the use of spectrum or waterfall displays and a prohibition on the use of second or sub-receivers. It will also continue the two-operator, two-transmitter format of the earlier WRTCs, so both stations will be permitted to transmit at any time to maximise their scoring. Also, only one computer is permitted to be attached to each radio, and PCs used in the effort must be connected via wired Ethernet. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier HF satellite is planned. A small CubeSat that is dubbed HFSat will have a linear uplink at 21.4 MHz and downlink at 29.42 MHz. Planned by the U.S. Naval Academy students, it will have HF transponder as a primary payload, as well as 2-meter APRS as a secondary mission. Bob Beringer, WB4APR, says HFSAT will be similar to the 1990s-era RS-11 and RS-12 Russian amateur radio satellites. No date for launch has been set, but it sounds like an interesting plan worth watching. The EO-79 FunCube 3 satellite has transitioned to amateur radio service now that its primary mission has been completed. AMSAT UK and AMSAT NL have announced that the FunCube UHF-VHF transponder has been activated with a regular schedule. Due to power budget constraints, the transponder cannot operate continuously, so an orbit-specific schedule has been developed. The transponder will commence operation 27 minutes after the spacecraft enters sunlight and remain active for 25 minutes. This schedule may be modified in the weeks ahead as experience dictates. The transponder uplink is 435.047 to 435.077 lower sideband. The downlink is 145.935 to 145.965 MHz upper sideband. 
the output power of the amateur radio payload is about 400 milliwatts. And last Monday, November 21st, 2016, marked the third birthday in space for the 985-gram spacecraft FunCube 1 slash AO73. FunCube 1 was launched and its first signals were received over the Indian Ocean by amateurs in South Africa. Since then, it's been operating continuously in either its education mode or the transponder active in amateur radio mode when in eclipse and at weekends. The FunCube team are very grateful for everyone who's been contributing their telemetry records to the data warehouse and also to those who are using FunCube 1 for educational outreach to schools and colleges around the world. This important part of the mission is intended to encourage young people to develop an interest and passion in all STEM subjects for their future. The spacecraft is operating nominally. The telemetry indicates that all the subsystems are fine. The battery voltages, solar panel charge currents and onboard temperatures are virtually unchanged since launch. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA Frank VK7BC is on fire in the Arctic. Coming on the heels of his Antarctic award, Frank has been active on IOTA. Frank has just received his RSGB IOTA Arctic Islands Award. His award is the first to be claimed by any station in Australia, and in fact, Oceania. The total of 75 IOTA Island groups north of the Arctic Circle took Frank almost 30 years to achieve. Now, summits on the air. Summit to summit. Superactivation, November 19, 2016, will be a short report to close this week's Special Interest Group news. And here is Ed Durant, DD5LP, and I'm VK3GR, signing off. The Summits on the Air Summit to Summit event between Europe and North America on Saturday the 19th of November was a great success. Despite cold and rainy weather across several parts of Europe, band conditions being average, and interference from contestants in the LZDX contest, all activators who were out reported a successful and enjoyable day. Some stations racked up multiple S2S, Summit to Summit, contacts across the three continents involved. As well as Europe and North America, there was one activator on holiday in the Canary Islands, which counts geographically as Africa. Three bands were used for intercontinental contacts, 21, 18 and 14 MHz. Most contacts were made on 20 metres, however those with multiple band capability moved away from the contest traffic on 20 metres to the more peaceful 17 and 15 metres. The consensus seems to be that from a propagation point of view, 17 metres was the best. However, intercontinental QSOs were made on all three bands. We even have some reports of chasers from VK catching some of the EU activators via short path in the very early hours of the Australian Sunday morning. The general feeling around the SOTA community is that having these S2S events is both enjoyable and useful, and many are looking forward to more of them. For VK1WIA, this is Ed Durant, DD5LP, VK2JI. Wrapping up the news you can trust, this is WIA and the National News Service on the social scene. February 26th, the Central Coast Field Day at Wyong. March 26 in VK3, EMDRC's Hamfest. April 28 to May 1 in VK4, the Clearview Gathering. Clearview's between Rocky and Mackay. And May 19 in VK, WIA AGM. It happens at Harndorf, some 25 kilometres from Adelaide. So, see you there. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. 
Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.